This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. And without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. Okay, welcome back, everybody. Welcome back, Beholders. It is great to have your ears again. We are uh, truly honored to be able to spend this time with you. Dan here, and as always, my my trusty partner in crime, Sean Helch, is here as well. And yeah, we've got a great show for you today. Sean, how are you doing this uh, this fine Tuesday afternoon? You uh, You live in large or what? Rocking and rolling, man. I certainly cannot complain. No, Patty and I are doing a little bit of a getaway tonight, which we are so excited about. Very nice. Long so overdue, last, I'm sure. Yeah, the last time we stayed in a hotel room was in March for Patty's birthday. And there's many trips that were supposed to happen that got canceled. And so tonight we're going to Monterey for the evening. It's going to be great and hopefully cup filling and just restful and all those good things. Why don't you give everybody the uh, the name of the hotel and the room number too, so we can come surprise you, a little surprise visit. They they wish. Wouldn't yeah, that that's be too, fun? That's too much beholding, everybody. <laughs> it's beholding uh, the good. wrong type of thing. That's for sure. Oh boy, Dan, how are you doing? I'm doing good. You know, I, uh, I had a really encouraging meeting this morning with uh, my the guy who was my middle school youth pastor at the church that I was at before. I came to to VBC, a church which shall remain nameless. Um, if you're curious, you can ask me about that later. But we've kind of stayed in touch, you know, over the years. And he's a he's a pastor uh, in town, you know, another church across t- across town. And we've kept in touch. And it was just cool, you know. We we sat down and had some coffee together and just talked about what God's doing in our lives. And and it's just cool, you know, to to talk to someone who kind of gets where I came from a little bit and, you know, just has, I mean, I've got such deep roots at VBC and there is such a, a wealth of people who have walked alongside me, you know, from my early years post high school and have seen me kind of grow up in the Lord a little bit, but it's just, it was, it was just a special deal to, to go back even further and just to reflect on some stuff. And, and yeah, it was very challenging and, and life-giving and yeah, it was just a good time. So I'm, uh, I'm feeling charged up from that. Oh, that's really encouraging to hear. Um, okay. Well, listener, uh, whoever you are out there, we hope that you've also had just a fulfilling and encouraging week. Um, and if not, then hopefully, in some of the things we're going to be talking about today, you can take on some of these challenges and maybe have your cup filled through some of the things that we're going to be talking about uh, this week on Behold. So if you've been tracking with us on Sunday mornings, we just finished going through the entire book of Romans, which whew, it is a long one. We've been in this series for for two years already uh, with some gaps in between, but it was just a, a mountain of... Uh, not just scripture, but a mountain of just amazing and like truly potentially life-changing truths for us to be like kind of wrestling with and, and grasping. So we're not going to rehash too much uh, from Sunday's message because that was a review and use. We really encourage you, if you missed it, man, go to VBC.online, watch that 
Book of Romans recap that Gary and Nate Darnell and David Grant all helped in teaching through because it was super encouraging and really equipping. Um, but we are going to talk about is what's going to be happening next week. So if you are unawares, then now you know. Next week, we are starting a new teaching series, which we're really, really excited about, and it's called Together. Basically, this teaching series is centered around the idea and the truth and reality that that God designed us to do life together with, with Him and also with one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. And there's so many different like avenues and and aspects of life that that impacts. But overall, we're just going to be reminding ourselves that we were made to do life together. Um, and specifically, it's just funny that we say that amen. because we're, yeah, amen. It's funny we say that though, because it's COVID. It's COVID year 2020. And many of us are not together. Dan and I are staring at each other through a computer screen right now. So it's ironic, but I think kind of fitting that we're going to be going through this, this series starting next week. And so Dan and I are going to start unpacking some of those things uh, today and just give it a little lead into this new teaching series. Yeah. And hopefully just in listening, you get you, it would whet your appetite, get you a little excited for, for this new series that we're starting on, on Sunday. And, you know, it's really interesting too, just to comment on that. We are calling this, this series together. And, and in some ways we've been reprogrammed during this COVID era to think of being together as like dangerous, you know, it's like the, it's like <laughs> dun, the, dun, the dun. human body is like, is like a weapon, you know? And it's like, you know, keep your, keep your particles away from me. And, and, you know, <laughs> don't, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to wear a, a hazmat suit, you know, to come to small group, whatever. And really what we're trying to capture with this, um, this series is to just help us think more biblically about, you know, what does it mean to say that we are part of God's church, that we are part of the church of Christ? What does it mean that we are this like local expression of this, this beautiful, um, you know, appeal that God is making to the world through us? And to, to really this, this moment in history is, provides a great opportunity for us to, to think about it in, in bigger terms, to think about it in, in more biblical terms and to make sure that, you know, we understand that, that God's church is unstoppable, that even though we are, um, you know, operating under some restrictions, that doesn't change anything about God's plan for mm-hmm. his church. And so I'm, yeah, I'm really excited. Um, it, uh, I think it's going to allow for some evaluation for us, you know, to, to just think about the nature of community, the nature of relationships, and really as we kind of move forward into whatever's next, just talking about, um, fellowship in the context of, um, you know, who we are as a church and like finding our rhythm and, and a biblical framework in that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about it. Um, maybe we can start off, Sean, just by talking about, you know, what are some of the, the challenges of this season right now that we're in with regards to community and fellowship and all the things that the church is supposed to do and experience together what are, what are some challenges that we face and that we have to overcome? Yeah, that's a great idea. Um, I don't know about you, Dan, but I am definitely this way. And I think a lot of you out there are too. I, I just, it's so easy for me to, when it comes to friendships and relationships, have it be out of sight, out of mind kind of thing. 
Like if there's people that I don't see on a regular basis so easily, I, I think about it. I'm like, man, I haven't called that person in two months or whatever it is. Um, which that's, that's not an excuse, especially in our roles. Like that shouldn't be the case, but for so many of us, that's how it kind of shakes down with our friendships is if we don't have some kind of regular engagement with friends, it's so easy to drift apart. So it really requires a lot more hands-on pursuit on our ends. But then when you're in the middle of 2020 and you know, all you parents out there are dealing with kids in school and you got work stuff, you're all zooming for work. I get it. There's a lot on our plates right now. And it's hard to be doing that. So definitely one thing I would say is just relationships and friendships in general. Yeah. And and my heart goes out to, you know, I feel a burden for people who are new to our community. Maybe, maybe they, they jumped in right before the shelter in place went down, or maybe they even started attending because somebody invited them to, to VBC at home and they've been watching and tracking along with us. Or, you know, maybe just people who maybe been around for months or years, but they just really haven't found their place here yet. They haven't found, you know, they haven't really, uh, I hate this term, but like plugged in, you know, quote unquote. And I just think if you're, if you're kind of in that boat, we, we feel for you. We, we understand that it might, you might feel lost or disconnected or, you know, like you're, like you're just kind of floating, you know or you may feel like stuck, like you're not actively growing in your faith. You you may even be thinking about like moving on, like just, just not going to church anymore, finding a different church in. And for us as pastors, like we, our hearts break for you and we, we are doing what we can to, to make sure that, you know, everybody has the opportunity to, to, to be in the fold. And, and really with this, with this series, my prayer is that it will cause us all to um, just to have a better understanding of what our relational responsibilities are to one another. And that we'll look at how the Bible lays out, like what instructions and directives it gives to us so that we can care for each other better. So there are no fringe people. There are no people that are falling through the cracks. You know, that, that we have this, um, this opportunity to reflect and evaluate the condition of, of relationally how we're doing, you know, like, you know, am I practicing uh, true godly fellowship? You know, is, uh, am I participating in growing alongside others? Who is suffering in my life that I can comfort? You know, what types of things should I rejoice over with people? And what, what, what does it mean to, to celebrate someone's victories? You know, how am I specifically and practically contributing to the advancement of the gospel? These, these kinds of questions we want us to, to start um, asking so that we can just be more effective in what God's called us to be as, as, as the church. Man, that's so true. And, and I love how you just said that, just the way that we were called to be as a church. And if you've been listening to Behold for a few weeks, then you've probably heard this from us before, but we saw this in Romans. We're going to unpack this, I'm sure, more in the Together series, but... There's this idea and this this expectation of churches in Western America that you go to church to get served and then you leave. But as we saw in Romans, as we're going to continue unpacking, that's just so incorrect. The church family, we're all here to serve each other, whether you are serving as a pastor, whether you're handing out uh, communion elements, whether you're just showing up. All of us should have this expectation and, and an and attitude of heart 
that we're coming together in order to seek somebody that we can serve. And so one of the things just on that note, when it comes to relationships, first challenge that I'm throwing out there for anybody who's in that boat of like, I don't feel connected. I feel like I'm one of those quote unquote fringe people that Dan mentioned. Two things. Um, you, you might have to go out on a limb a little bit and go outside of your comfort zone, outside of your box. Because a lot of the times when you come into a church community or really any social community in general, the reality is you're going to be as connected as you make the effort to be. Um, I know that that's not a comforting thing to hear to some people, but it's true. Like if sometimes if you want to get connected and especially during times like this, which are really unique circumstances, you got to do some legwork on your end. So one of those things is, man, if you're not in a Sunday connect group, then there is no excuse to be feeling that way. It's such an easy such a low commitment way to get FaceTime with people who will pour into you and who will invest in you and ask how you're doing and all those things. And one other thing you can do, which is a bit more uncomfortable for some people, is just pick one person. Even if you've only been coming for a few weeks before COVID hit, I'm sure you met one person at VBC whose name you know. You can ask us for the number if you don't have it. But just text them or call them and say, hey, can we have a weekly phone call for five minutes? I know that sounds absolutely insane to some people, but it truly can be so just life-giving to both people involved. Now, I'm going to give a little shout-out here because there's some people in my life that I work really hard on to do this with, to, to reach out to and to call regularly. But in, in other relationships, I'm totally that one. So shout-out to Davis Smith. If you're listening to this, Davis, you rock because Davis and I have been friends for years, and he's been moving away. He's been living away from California for years, but still he will regularly just call me just to check in with me and say hi, and that is like – such an unforeseen act of love that I receive from him. And it will be the same with you out there if you do that with someone in your life. So two challenges, join a connect group if you're not, and then to establish a regular phone call or whatever that looks like, video call if you want to with one person who you might know. I love that. And and I'll just tell you what, I'll just be honest. I, when we first started, you know, saying, okay, let's do these connect groups I think I had a very low expectation for, you know, the, uh, what effect that would have in my life. And I've just been blown away by the people in my group and just the spirit of unity that, that we share together. And it's, it, you know, there, there's a core group of people that come, but we've got new people kind of cycling in every week. And man, just that time is so just blessed by God. And it is just it, it really does feed my soul. And, and I know that the others in the group feel that way as well. And so, you know, maybe, maybe the barrier for you in joining a connect group is like, you just don't believe it's going to make a difference. You're just like, what, what is 30 minutes, you know, on a zoom call going to do for, for me, you know, after, after the Sunday morning service. And it's like, you know, some of the, some of the fruit that's come out of it. Like, I mean, I've, I've been moved to tears just hearing people's stories. You know, I've had people, mm-hmm. um, you know, I've experienced powerful times of prayer where God's answered prayer, you know, in our group, we, we see it. We, we've had, you know, opportunities to, to welcome a new believer in to our group. We've had moments where, man, just, uh, y- you know, we, we wrestled through kind of a, a an interesting theological topic and kind of came to a consensus. You know, we've had just testimonies and I mean, it's just, it, it really has blown me away 
just how good it's been. And it's just simple and easy. And um, if you're dragging your feet on it, stop doing that. <laughs> just stop. Yeah. Um, see, that, that's first big area that we see uh, hardship with is relationships. And uh, we've heard that from so many people really struggling in that area. So, man, like we said, follow through with some of those challenges. Um, another thing that just on that note, just as a preface to all this, even before we just talked about and leading into the Together series, some of us haven't really thought about the fact that we were created to be together. Like we really were created. And, you know, Dan, you and I and the rest of staff, we just finished going through this book called Delighting in the Trinity by Michael Reeves. And Reeves really builds this case for for the the importance of considering God's triune nature in all that and all the ramifications from that throughout Scripture and in our own lives. And when you think about it, man, this is in God's nature, and it has been for all eternity. Before He sent Jesus to us, before He even created us, He was a relational being. There's a there's Him and His Son and the Holy Spirit for all eternity, and us. If we believe that we're made in God's own image, then we have to also accept that truth that we were made to also engage in this kind of loving relationship with people around us. So that's the preface is we, we, we were made for this. So moving on the, another area that Dan, you and I feel especially called to because of our roles is something we're missing out on is the ability to, to worship together, the ability to in person sing together. Do you want to touch on that a little bit? For sure. Yeah. And, and, just to preface that by just saying we, and I hope what this series will do is it'll give us the proper language to understand the moment that we're in. And some, you know, some church leaders are basically coming out and saying like, man, ever since March, we haven't been able to to worship together. And we would push back on that a little bit because we would say, no, we, we are worshiping together. It's just, we're just doing it a little differently. We're doing it remote. We're doing it virtually. We're, we're scattered out as opposed to being gathered together. And obviously God is not confined to time and space. And so his, uh, you know, new covenant worship that we're in, in Christ is also not confined to time and space. And so, we understand by reading the New Testament that worship that that this new covenant worship is much broader. It's it's this whole life response to God, and there is things that we've been doing as as a church to continue to cultivate that and encourage people in that, and particularly through singing. We've been you know we've been obviously you know Sean and I've had to pivot a little bit in terms of how we lead that, um, but. They're really, and, and so I, I feel like we've been able to continue doing what we do, but the piece that we really are having a hard time, um, experiencing is just that sound of the voice of the people. And you, you know, you just go back to, um, you know, way back in the, in, in the old Testament, you know, when God set apart a people for his own possession, uh, and, and up in, you know, all through, uh, you know, the first century and, and in Jesus's day. And, and even when we read revelation and we look at what heaven's going to be like singing and the voice of the people, you know, a multitude of, of voices coming together to worship God. Like that is an important part of our faith. That is an important part of our 
pursuit and, and connection and relationship with God. And we're just missing that right now. And so if you, uh, hopefully we're not the only ones that are missing that. Um, hopefully you guys can kind of, we're articulating something for, for you that you've also been experiencing. And, um, and so I, I just thought, you know, as we, as we kind of maybe take a little sidebar of this, like we, we can talk about like, what's the importance of, of singing, you know, and, and maybe just encourage folks who are at home watching the service to, um, I don't know. Like, I just have this sense, Sean, do you as well, that people aren't singing at home? You know, I, um, which is so funny because you and I are, are worship pastors. This is what we do. But even I feel that pressure at home. Even if I'm home alone, it just, it feels awkward. And I can understand that. We can <laughs> empathize with that. You know, a lot of us have been privileged to to have our voice uh, shielded or hidden by the sea of people on Sunday mornings. And so we don't feel so vulnerable and, and all of that. But yeah, it's, it's like you said, Dan, singing and worshiping God through singing it's not just a nice thing we do. It's part of what we're created to do. Like you said, what we're going to be doing in eternity. And it's, it's an example given to us all throughout scripture of how the people of God respond to situations. It doesn't matter if they're good situations or bad situations or joyous or super hard ones. And you have people praising God with singing in incredible victorious moments. You have people even alone in the, in the quietness singing God with, with mourning and with lamenting. You have people literally fighting battles with singing and tearing down walls. Um, you know, Paul and Silas, when they're in prison, sang hymns together and prisoners heard that. So anyways, all that to say, there's never a time, there's never a situation you're going to encounter in your entire life on earth where praising God through singing is not appropriate. Or, or and, not, not, not an option, you know, or not, yeah, not, not available. Not necessary. It's, it's it's, it's available to us no matter what the circumstances are. Absolutely. And especially right now in COVID, we think, oh, we can't, we can't be together. I guess we're not going to sing. No, and we should be singing louder than ever. This is how we fight our battles is by singing with praise. And one thing, like you said, Dan, oh, I kind of missed that, that crowd of voice. It makes me feel good. Well, that's not by accident. God designed us that way. God made our, our bodies to work a certain way when we sing. And there's actually been a lot of studies about like the, the neurology of, of singing. And it actually has been proven with thousands and thousands of people they studied that singing and especially group singing, like in, in church and those kinds of things, releases oxytocin, which does give us the, that sense of belonging and community and fellowship and all those things. So it's by God's design physiologically that we were, that we were created to sing with other people. So on that note, do you have something you want to say, Dan? Well, yeah. And I, I just, I love that, you know, singing really is a picture of our unity as well. And, and I think it's important to distinguish, you know, singing doesn't create unity. We're, we're united in Christ. You know, it's, it's, it's through Jesus's work on the cross that the dividing walls of hostility have been, have been torn down, but we're, we're very prone to forget that work. And we, we need to be often reminded and we need to see a demonstration of that unity. And so when we express worship to God, you know, in a corporate setting together and we sing, 
there is a um, a beautiful representation of that unity, and and I believe that God's grace is sufficient to cover the weirdness of this season right now, and to still miraculously produce that same effect in us, even though we are separated, you know, physically. Absolutely. And like, again, we're used to what we've been used to with our church experience in our lives here. But look at scripture, you know, the examples given are oftentimes not what we would say is comfortable for us. You know, I mentioned Paul and Silas, but just put yourself in in that situation for a second. You're in a prison cell, right? Would you, Dan, if you were arrested or maybe listener, would you someone else, if you, would you listener, if you were arrested for something unjustly or whatever it is, and you're in prison, prison with someone who also loves Jesus, would you guys start singing hymns together in jail? Most people I'm guessing would not do that. It would probably feel uncomfortable. And yet it's given as an example in scripture to us of what to do in situations like that. So I just want to encourage you. Here's challenge number two coming out here. Uh, whether you're watching at home alone or whether you're with just your families, some of you are doing it through connect groups. Some of you are watching outside with other families, sing together, get over the awkwardness, recognize that for what it is, which is a, a tactic and a temptation of the enemy to prevent us from worshiping it. Just call it what it is. Satan hates us. He hates us singing together. He hates us worshiping God. He wants to destroy that. So don't fall trapped to that. Do not subscribe to those feelings of, of vulnerability or embarrassment or whatever it is, because those are obviously, when you really bring them before God, not tied to his promises about singing and praising him. Also, second half of that challenge, even if you aren't someone who watches with us on Sunday mornings, which you should be, but fine if you're not, man, you can be putting on worship music. You can be praising God in your car. You can be so many things to be singing to God. And whether it is it's in, the, in your home, on an everyday basis, whether it's on Sundays with VBC at home. I just want to give a special call out to all you parents because your children need to see you model what worship looks like. They need to see their parents worshiping God in hard times so that they will grow up knowing to do that. Dan, would you agree with that? Absolutely. It's, it's such a, it's such a, like, it's supposed to be just this central, like thread just running through our lives is, you know, and it's something I've been praying for our community for for a number of years. Is just, God, would you just make us into a people of praise? That that would just be so like defining of who we are. And now in this, in the with all the stuff that's going on in the world and all the trials and suffering and and frustration and tension that we see and that we're experiencing, this is this is the now more the, more than ever. It's so important to develop that discipline of praise. And, and, you know, I've been just talking to people and just, you know, every time I, I kind of, I check in and just like, Hey, are you, are you keeping the fire burning? You know, are you, are you keeping this passion for the Lord? And, you know, I, I just remind them like, you know, the day will come when, you know, when we are together again and, and sooner, hopefully than later, you know, we're going to start doing these outdoor services where, where we can be in the same time and place and we can hear each other's voices and we can proclaim these things, these truths about God. And are you going to be ready for that? You know, or are you are, is that part of your spiritual life going to have atrophied so much that you don't even know how to engage in that way? And so that's just something for us to, to be thinking about in, um, 
we're really looking forward to that to that day. And man, my prayer is that it's just this explosion of praise. It's like, man, we've been we've been longing for this moment for so long, and I I really want to encourage you know people to think more more deeply about that. And and I know you know that there are mixed mixed crowds. You know, I know that some people don't don't see singing as a um, a central aspect to life with God and and to the to the gathering of believers and you know there's a lot of great resources out there we um you know Sean and I like to to read and listen to stuff from from Bob Coughlin who's a worship leader and pastor and teacher author and some of the stuff he talks about is just man that there is there is this undeniable uh you know mountain of evidence in scripture i mean there's over 400 references to singing in scripture. There's 50 direct commands to sing in the old and the new Testament. Um, God himself sings, uh, Jesus sang disciple, you know, with his disciples, he sang hymns with his disciples. And, you know, we, we sing to, um, to remember God's word to, you know, to engage our, our mind with, with what, with, with doctrine. I mean, look at Colossians three sixteen seventeen. 17, you know, we, we sing to respond to God's grace, right? We, we, we need to engage emotionally at a heart level with who God is. I mean, it's, we're designed by God to emotionally respond to music. And then we, we sing to, to help us revel in God's glory. And you can just look at, you know, all throughout Revelation that there's these heavenly scenes of, of, you know, uh, of, of, of glory and, and honor and power and blessing to the, the lamb of God, you know, singing helps us make a big deal about the lamb of God. <laughs> we want to <laughs> just really proclaim that he is worthy. And so if, if you're someone who's, who just has a low view of singing in terms of your worship, um, in terms of your devotion to God, we just want to encourage you, um, to, to really pray about that. And, um, to, to really, you know, answer the call that, that the word of God gives us as the people of God to, to be a people of, of praise. Preacher brother. Uh. All right. That's, that's enough from the two music pastors, but you get it. So <laughs> those are two particular things that are dear to our heart when it comes to the idea of together in 2020 is relationships and just worshiping God together. And we're not going to keep listing things because we could keep going on forever. And that's why we're doing the Together Teaching Series. So you can just tune in with us on Sundays for that. Um, but just one last thing we're going to kind of sit on and just leave you with is really uh, a perspective to be looking through, looking at life through as we engage with this Together Series. So Dan, why don't you take it away? Fundamental thing that we're going to look at in this series and I think it's a launching point for us to to talk. There's some some implications to challenge us. Is is this this truth and this reality that the church is is people? It's not a building. The church is is people, not you know brick and mortar. And you can read about that in in First Peter chapter two, starting in verse four, where Peter just talks about that you know we we are we are living stones you know, where we're being gathered and built into this spiritual house. It's a place, you know, where, where God's presence can dwell. And there's all these amazing, you know, implications of that, that 
we were, you know, were once not a people, but, but now, now we are a people, you know, we, we once, um, we're, we're, we're nothing, but now we're God's special possession, right? That he is, he's made us into a chosen people, a, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. And, you know, I think sometimes we fall into this mentality that, um, that, the, that the church is, is for us. Right. Um, and, or we, or we even say things like, oh, you know, this is pre COVID, but it's like, I didn't go to church this week or I'm, you know, I'm on my way to church, you know? And, and sometimes I think for most people that say that they know, they know this reality that the church is not the building. The church is, is this, this fellowship of believers. Right. But some people, um, don't know that (laughs) and, and maybe they know it, but they don't live like it. And so sometimes we, we just, I think this series, I think this series will help us remember that, that we are the church as the people. And that, you know, that is particularly important in this era where we have been kind of restricted from being inside of our buildings. And, um, and just this mentality, it's like, man, nothing can stop God's church from going forward. And, and the church doesn't exist for us. We are the church and we exist for the world. And um, one of the things that God's just been impressing upon my heart and, and, you know, every, this is going to, everyone's going to have to pray about this, you know, in terms of where it lands for them. But for me, there is a, a boldness aspect to this, um, this moment that we're in this, this COVID era, you know, we, we're not going to be able to make a difference or to be faithful to what God's called us to do. Um, you know, we, we're going to be talking in this series a lot about what are we designed for? Uh, you know, as, as, as individuals, part of a bigger community, we, what are we designed for? What, what does God make, m- made us for? And, and, and how is he, how is he using the church to bring that out? And, you know, I think, like I said, one of the things that's really been just bouncing around in my head is, you know, um, is boldness. And I think sometimes, you know, like we have all these restrictions, you know, on us. And, um, I know people are all over the place with, you know, how, how high risk they are or, or not. But one of the things God's just been challenging me with is like, you know, don't, don't play it so safe. (laughs) Um, you know, and, uh, again, this is, I'm saying this with the caveat of like, be wise, you know, um, pray about this, ask for people for counsel, but maybe, you know, just think about this new, uh, this next little series as an opportunity for you to evaluate how you are navigating, you know, in this season, I mean, physical presence is so important and there are things that we can do to, um, to cultivate community in a virtual sense, but, um, there's no replacement from, from being, for being with people. And, you know, the, the authorities and the experts have, have said, man, there's certain things we can do. There's a lot we can't do, but there's certain things we can do. You know, we can, we can gather outside with, with certain restrictions, we can have social bubbles, you know, uh, we can have a, you know, a small group of people that are committed to, to staying, you know, essentially quarantined together. 
Um, we can have people in our backyards. You know, I mean, what would it look like for people to to start to gather in home groups to watch the VBC at home? You know, to 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 do some of the small groups that have been happening virtually um, in person in someone's backyard with masks on and, and so on and so forth. And so I just want, you know, I just feel compelled to, to just throw that challenge out to people to maybe think differently about how they can navigate with the restrictions in a wise way, but, but it's also bold and not fear motivated. And um, again, that's going to land somewhere different for everybody and we would love to even be a sounding board for you, you know, like us, us, Sean and I, or, or, you know, the pastors or elders at VBC, we're always able, you're always able to get in touch with us. And we love to, if you're, if you're wanting to take a step to do something like, you know, a little outside of what you've already been doing, but you just need some direction. We're, we're here for you. We're here for you. So Sean, I don't know what you think about that. I, I know, I know we kind of, have gone back and forth on that, but what are your thoughts along those lines? Yeah, Dan, I, I love everything you said. And I just really want to emphasize the heart of it is like, you know, we're not telling anybody to, to break a rule or to disobey regulations. That's not at all the spirit of what we're saying. We're saying is that if you're living out of fear, you're missing out on some of the ways that you can be a like delighting in the Lord in community and in fellowship, but also b being a light to, to be an example of like the peace and joy and boldness that we're able to have life with Christ versus life apart from Christ. Um, you know, like Galatians five says for freedom, Christ has set us free, stand firm therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. And when it says yoke, it's not talking about an egg yoke. You know, if you, if you guys have seen those, like with two oxen, that like wooden thing that goes between them and around their necks, that's the yoke it's talking about. And so you can picture this, this, this oppressive thing capturing you and removing your freedom. And when, when we say that we're not talking about regulations about COVID, what we're talking is about is about Satan and, and the, the influences that are making you stay away from some of the ways you can be engaging with the family of God. So all of that to say, absolutely pray about it because some of you, like Dan said, uh, you could be doing more than you are while remaining within the guidelines, but you're not because you're living out of a place of fear. And absolutely, of course, we don't want to discount or discredit anybody who feels high risk, who has reasons they want to be around people, whatever that is, whatever that looks like. However, we're not talking to those people. We're talking about all of you who don't fall into that category, but are just living in a constant state of fear and anxiety. And again, like Dan and I and the rest of the pastors and elders, our heart here is not one of scolding. It's of concern and of love for our people. You know, we love you guys and we, we can see just in some of the conversations we're having and meeting with people that this is deeply affecting some families, that their, their life has been captured by that yoke of fear and of slavery. And, and we just know, we, we just know people are missing out in, in that context. And so love that challenge, Dan. There's, there's a third challenge. Be praying through uh, your current life situation when it comes to regulations and what kind of gatherings you're engaging with. And specifically pray for God to give you boldness where it's appropriate. Um, and just expect that he's going to be doing a work in, in that. Yeah. And it may, and it may be even, um, you you feel, uh, 
a conviction from the Lord to to not change any of your habits from like a physical standpoint or 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 your approach to this to this virus like you you're, you're like no I'm I'm I I'm feel really confident about where I'm at and that I'm doing the wise, the right wise thing but there's other ways to be bold too and you know some of that stuff that is a little awkward or uncomfortable you know reaching out to to people in your life that don't know the Lord and and sharing Christ with them reaching out to to someone and say hey will you will you disciple me will you mentor me um hey can we start an accountability group you know i i'm i'm feeling tempted in in this certain way like can we hold each other up in this way i mean the, these these are ways to be bold as well and they're they there are things that we're going to be hitting on and touching it you know on in this in this series that um we can start to be proactive in uh now Absolutely. And I just, one quick thing, you know, we've talked a lot about the things that we're missing out on this year, and there's going to be a lot of things like that in together the series that we're going to be mentioning things that we're created for that feels like we're missing out. But more than that, what we want to be focusing on in this podcast as a church family is the, the fact and just the reality that God does not tell us or command us to do any single thing that he doesn't also give us the tooling and equipping to do in all circumstances. And that's, I know that feels hard to, to chew on, but that's true during times of, of chaos, times of war, uh, times of, of financial hardships, times of viruses and pandemics, whatever it is, all the things that God commands of his people, we can still do. And so that's how we're going to be getting creative with some of these things. Um, really quick, before we sign off, I just want to give one more plug for the series. And to do that, I'm going to read to you uh, the little introduction blurb about it and hopefully you get a greater idea of some of the specific things you're going to be going through uh, starting next week together the series what is it about us as humans that we fundamentally want to come together why is it that despite our differences and shortcomings and even our proclivity to sometimes self-isolate we still long to navigate life together rather than alone Many factors play into this innate drive toward community, but the central and most important one is this. God is a relational God. He therefore created us with both the capacity and craving for relational living. You might say we were created for community. So doesn't it make sense that God would offer forgiveness, peace, harmony with him through a relationship with Jesus Christ? Likewise, when he establishes the church, it makes sense that he would call it a family and a church not built with bricks, but upon relationships would have certain expectations and responsibilities when it comes to relational care and doing life together by God's design. God entrusted us with the responsibility to care for one another. He designed us in such a way that we best grow alongside one another, helping each other live out our faith. God uniquely equipped and qualified us to comfort one another in our trials. We need not suffer alone. We also do not rejoice alone. He created us with a capacity to enjoy life together and celebrate one another's joys. And God entrusted us with the greatest gift in human history, the love and gospel message of Jesus Christ. He commissioned us as ambassadors to share the gospel with the world and invite everyone into his community. And we do this together. So with that in our, in our minds and in our hearts, uh, as we look towards starting to get the Together series next week, 
there's one thing that Dan and I've been working on that we hope will help you engage with some of these things. So Dan, why don't you explain that? Yeah. So we always like to, whenever possible to, you know, put our brains together and just pray and ask God to help us write a song that we can sing together as a church that captures some of the central ideas of a teaching series that we're going through. And so for, for, for this last series we did in Romans, we, we, um, we released, uh, the only wise God. And so this week, um, we're going to be releasing, uh, a new song to go along with our together series. And we're actually really excited because we're going to be debuting it on the podcast, uh, a week from today. So, or I guess what you could be listening to this podcast later. So that doesn't always work, but, uh, our next week's episode will have, you'll get, you'll get to hear the new song. And at that time, it'll also be available on all streaming platforms. And so, you know, wherever you listen to music, Apple music, Spotify, YouTube, whatever, um, make sure you follow Valley Bible worship and you'll get to be able to hear this, um, this song that is really going to help us remember and engage with you know, at a heart level, some of the things that we're learning during this series. So really excited about that and um, make sure you don't miss it. Yeah. And just, if you're the holdout out there, the anti-singing holdout, maybe this will be the song you start with to start worshiping God uh, in your own life. All right, guys, as always, thanks for listening along with us. We hope that this has been encouraging and equipping. Uh, Thanks for hanging through with just Dan and I. We are certainly grateful for um, our roles getting to do this and getting to serve all of y'all, but also just for all of your care and uh, encouragement towards us. Okay. Bye guys. We'll see you next week. Take care. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.